Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me this morning. We're going to pray together. I want you to get on your feet with me. Let's pray together. Come on, let's lift our voice. Come on, let's lift our voice together at home. Come on, join us. Let's lift our voice in prayer. Lord Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Father, we ask for your presence to increase in this place. Lord, we ask for your anointing to fall upon every home, every person that's watching today. Lord, we thank you that in your presence there's liberty. We thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Thank you, Lord, that there's freedom in this house. There's freedom over sickness. There's freedom over disease. There's freedom over depression. There's freedom over anxiety. There's freedom over worry and fear. Right now, I speak freedom over your life. I speak freedom over your life and over your family. The blessing of the Lord is upon you and upon your home. The blessing of the Lord is on you. The anointing of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed you. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, you weren't made to operate according to the principles of this world, to, to be overwhelmed. You weren't made to be overwhelmed when tragedy strikes. You weren't made to walk in fear. You weren't made to walk in darkness. You weren't made to walk in discouragement. You were created to walk free. You were created to walk free. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, before you're seated in just a moment, but in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The ministry of Jesus has been handed over to you and I. The ministry that Jesus was doing in the earth has been handed off to you and I. You have been anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power to go about doing good, to set those who are oppressed by the works of the devil free. You have been, I don't know if you heard me, you have a commission from heaven to deal with the devil this morning. You have a commission from heaven. You have an anointing from the Holy One on your life. The Spirit of God is on you. The power of God is in you. He is resident on the inside of you for a purpose. There is a world that is on its way to hell that needs the message of Jesus Christ. You've got the good if you walk around with your head low, bound up and shackled every day of your life. Come on, somebody. We're breaking off some chains this morning. Breaking off some chains of your life. If somebody's sitting next to you and you're comfortable, give them a high five and say, God bless you on your way down. coming on it's time to let go get into the flow I feel a Holy Ghost shout coming on you'll just have to excuse me I feel me. a Holy, Holy Ghost, Ghost shout coming on I feel a Holy Ghost
much. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter 3. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Galatians chapter 3. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody help me out up here. Hallelujah. 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 Thanks. Galatians chapter 3. In verse 13. You're good. Galatians chapter 3 in verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Has anybody in this house been redeemed this morning? <laughs> Christ has redeemed me. Say that. Christ has redeemed me. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Having become a curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. I, I want to just pause and reflect for a moment. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Somebody help me out here. This, I, I'm, apparently, this is my morning to have challenges. I'm going to baptize myself. <laughs> Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I, it, it, yeah. Okay, I'm going to keep going. That the blessing. Now this is where it gets really good. I've, I, that, it's pretty exciting that I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. That's great news. But, but the story doesn't stop there. A lot of times we stop, we read verse 13 and we stop there. We, we say that's good news and we stop there. And it is good news, but there's more. It continues. There's a comma. When there's a comma, there's, there's more. It just means and. There's, a, there's, there's another, there's a purpose to this first statement. What's the purpose? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, I just want to pause for a moment and just kind of unpack this verse before we go any further, because it is a mouthful, and, and Paul's telling the Galatians a lot. In chapter 3, he starts off by saying, who bewitched you? Who's, who's gotten you off track? You started off good. Oh, foolish Galatians, you started off good. You started off by works in the Spirit, by, by, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit moving in your life, by listening to the voice of the Spirit, by being directed by the Spirit. But somewhere along the lines, you got enticed, you got bewitched is the word that he used, and got sidetracked. And, and now you're, you've moved on to the works of the law. You're trying to do everything by good works. You've gotten sidetracked. So he's speaking to them and trying to get them back on track. And the track that he's trying to get them on is that you were redeemed from the curse of the law. Now what does that mean, the curse of the law? Every single one of us are under the curse of the law. And the curse of the law tells us this. If you read in verse 10 of Galatians chapter 3, it tells us that as many are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So we are all under the curse because we do not obey the law. The law is here to tell us where we are unrighteous. We're cursed, we're shackled to this, the law, the curse of the law. 
In Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, it says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. So in other words, we are, we are told, according to the law, that we are under a curse because we do not act righteously. We have shortcomings. We have failure. We have sin in our life. How do we know that we have sin in our life? Because of the law. The law tells us where we've broken. If you go, if you go out of here, you know, earlier we had one of uh, Akron's police join us. They wanted to know, you know, how we were able to do this and what we were doing in a great way. They wanted to help their church do the same thing. And so they stopped by, heard we were opening service, and they wanted to come in and see how we were doing it all. So Heather was able to show our great police officer how we were operating and what's going on, and we're thrilled to do that. And... Uh, you know, but if I go out, and I, that even though he was a wonderful police officer, and I go out and I go speeding, it's 25 out here on Dan Street. If I go 45 down Dan, this hill is treacherous. They always sit, just if, if you don't know this, they sit in our parking lot and clock people going down that hill. I don't know if, I don't know if they realize this is private property. Anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> another story. We won't go there. But, but they clock people going down that hill. And, and if, you go, if you go above the speed limit, who's going to be in your rearview mirror? Mr. Nice Police Officer knocking on your window telling you, ma'am or sir, do you know why I pulled you over today? And it's because you what? You broke the law. And so the law tells us where we have sinned. And it tells us how we ought to operate. It tells us where we've sinned, but it tells us how we should function. And so we have a checklist, if you will. There's things we go through and we check the check boxes and we do all the right things. And that's what Paul was telling them. If that's how you live, you've missed out. You've been bewitched. You're under the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed you from the curse. You say, well, does that mean, Pastor, that I'm not subject to the law? Every single one of us are subject to the law, but I've been liberated, and I abide now, and I'm not going to get into law today, but, but, but I just want to pause for a moment. I've been liberated from the law of sin and death. I've been elevated to a higher law. It's called the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. So, so it doesn't mean that the law has no effect. It just means that now Christ has fulfilled that law and I'm now functioning by the Holy Ghost. Now, now just hang with me because I, I want to unpack it. I want to just take it step by step. So we're under the law. We're under the curse. Christ, the only way to deal with this curse is in Christ. We see very clearly in here in verse 10 and verse 11. Verse 11 says, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. This ought to be one of those verses in the Bible that makes you mad. There ought to be verses in the Bible that irritate you. That just get under your skin and just don't make real a whole lot of sense to you. You say, pastor, is that okay? Yeah, means you're studying your Bible. Because if you look at this and you read it, it doesn't make sense that I have to function according to a law that I cannot be justified by. I have to operate according to a law that I can't fulfill or do anything about. And God doesn't even consider it when he justifies me. I want you to think about that. When God looks at your life, He's not checking down the check boxes. Did you do? 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 There's one thing. There's one thing he's looking for when he looks at your life. Has Christ redeemed your life? Has Christ redeemed you? Is the blood of Calvary applied to your life? Say, well, pastor, does... 
That means I can live how I want, do what I want. No, absolutely not. When the blood of Christ is applied and the grace of God is applied to your life, it transforms you. It changes you. It makes you new. He writes his law upon your heart and places his spirit on the inside of you. That's what we're talking about this morning. But, 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 but hang with me. we got to go back to the curse. I keep wanting to jump ahead. And, and I, 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 the curse. It's the great paradox of the Bible. That God requires us to live by the law. But we are not justified by the law we are required or the standard that's held. The standard, the Ten Commandments, the law of God is set. And, it, and it's there in our lives. It's the measuring line of our life. But we can't be justified by it. God looks. So it tells me that this curse is always hanging over our heads. Without Christ, this curse is always perplexing us. It's always attaching itself to us. It's always weighing on us. The curse tells us in Genesis chapter 3, cursed is the ground and in pain you shall eat of it. In Genesis chapter 3, 19, the curse tells us that you are dust and to dust you shall return. In Deuteronomy eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, it lists out all of these curses of disobedience, and it says you will lack and you will and you will lose. In Deuteronomy 28, in verse 16, it says, Cursed you will be in the city and cursed in the field. Your basket and your kneading bowl shall be cursed. The fruit of your womb, the fruit of the ground, and the increase of your herds and your flocks shall be cursed. You will be cursed in your coming and cursed in your going. You will have confusion, frustration in all that you do until you are destroyed. Pestilence will stick to you, wasting disease and fever and inflammation and heat and drought and blight and mildew will pursue you until you perish. The heavens will be bronze and the earth will be iron. Rain will be powder. Heaven will rain dust. You will be defeated by the curse of your enemies and there will be a curse upon your resources. The curse, the weight of your crime is upon you. The weight of your guilt is on you. The weight of your crime is always upon you. The shackles are constraining you to your offense. There is no reconciliation. Death is your doom. You are the prisoner on death row awaiting your execution. You're continually staring at the walls of your guilt and your shame. The weight of the curse is upon you. Your future has been written. The execution chamber is your fate. The executioner prepares his craft and is professionally awaiting your doom. The rumors of the execution of others torment you, watching as others aimlessly walk to the shame and the doom that you bear. The weight of the curse is upon you. Every breath is a reminder of your de detestable reason for living. Your heart beating is a screaming reminder of your guilt. Every prison door that slams shut reminds you that you are trapped and you cannot escape your soon approaching execution. The stench of the death chamber turns your stomach. The screams and the torments of the execution echo in your ears. The weight of the curse is upon you. In the silence you ponder your crime and the curse of your destruction is always on your mind. Your dreams are filled with the despair. Your days are filled with depression. Your nights are filled with hopelessness. The weight of the curse is upon you. When the reality of the curse sets in, you're always trying to break free. You're always trying to find reprieve. You're looking for some sort of hope or relief or happiness in the midst of life. Trying to find a measure of livelihood, looking for a way out 
from the curse that's upon you. Each and every one of us are under the curse. We've been shackled, we've been chained, and we're under the curse. But Galatians, but Galatians says to us in Galatians chapter 3, in verse 13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. But Christ... You say, Pastor, why all the illustration? Why the heaviness? Because if you want to understand what you've been redeemed from, sometimes you've got to dig around and what it is that you've been redeemed from. Sometimes you've got to hear the echo of the prison door slam shut in your ears to say, Thank God I've been delivered from the curse. I'm no longer on execution row. I've been made alive in Christ. The Spirit of God is living on the inside of me. Resurrection power is flowing through my veins today. Thank you, Jesus. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Romans 7 says, but now. But now. <laughs> oh, there was, there, was a, there was an account that was written against me. There is a record of my sin that was written against me. But now I have been delivered from the law. Having, having died to what I was held by. That, that law held me captive. It chained me. Every morning I got up, I thought about it. When I went to bed at night, I thought about it. But the grace of God found me in my mess and liberated me from the law. I've died to that. I've died to that execution chamber. I've died to that way of living. And I'm now living, and the Bible says in Romans 7, 6, to serve in the newness of the Spirit. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not serving according to the old letter of the law. If you show up in church, and you read your Bible, and you do all the things to check your list... I'm a good Christian because I checked the box. You're living according to the letter of the law. But when the newness, has anybody tasted of newness? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get up in the morning and think about Jesus because I want to be a good Christian. I get up in the morning and I think about Jesus because he's the love of my life. The Spirit of God is breathing on the inside of me. I don't go to bed at night thinking about all the things of the world. I mean, good Lord, if you tuned in last night, there's plenty of things to get worried about, even in our own city. But, but I don't go to bed worried about whether or not our church is going to get broke into by looters and what's going to happen because I have the newness of the Spirit of God resident on the inside of me. All I say is let them come. God's got their number. <laughs> we is sanitized, disinfected, cleaned. We'll give them a mask and a pair of gloves. They can come on in, take whatever they want. Just do it sanitary. <laughs> and our security team will deal with them on the way out. <laughs> will remind them of the law that they're bound to. <laughs> I've been redeemed. It means I've been purchased. I've been justified. I was guilty. Has anybody been guilty of anything before? You know, when, when, when Jonathan is guilty, you know, Jonathan and Zoe are different. When Jonathan's guilty of something, he wears it on his face. And uh, it's funny, it's funny because, you know, he'll, tell, he'll look at you and say, no, I didn't do, but his face tells everything. <laughs> and we're, we're the same way. We try to put on the mask. We try to put on, oh, I'm okay. I'm good. Everything's, everything's fine. I'm blessed and highly favored, brother. 
I've been redeemed. <laughs> I was on death row. And Jesus showed up and said, you're mine. Now, this is good stuff, but we ain't over yet. This is good news, but it's not the end of the story. This is good stuff. Jesus has liberated me, but there's a purpose. In, in, in verse 14, excuse me, verse, yeah, verse 14 of Galatians 3, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Why have you been redeemed? That the blessing of, is anybody Gentile in here? Everybody should raise their hand unless I don't know that you're Jewish. You is a Gentile. But it says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Can I, can I suggest to you today that, that the, the, the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of Abraham's blessing? The fulfillment of what God promised to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12? Now, I, I'm going to take a look at this in a moment, but, but I, I want to reflect on what Jesus said. In Luke, in Luke 24 verse 40, 49... He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Who did he say that to? He said it to his disciples who were Jewish. Right? In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Luke tells us again that Jesus commanded them not to depart Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 2, verse 33, Peter, a Jewish man, stands up and he starts preaching on the day of Pentecost and says, therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. So Jesus is talking about the promise of the Spirit. The promise of the Father. What is the promise of the Father? It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If you fast forward into Acts chapter 10, you find the story where Peter is at Cornelius' home. Cornelius was a Gentile, and he had a bunch of Gentiles in his home. God had ordained this divine visitation and had set up Peter who was sleeping on the roof, hanging out on the roof, had an angelic visitation and vision from God. And, and all of this, Cornelius had an angelic visit. All of these things orchestrated so that Cornelius and all of his friends and his family in his home might receive the promise of the Spirit. They were a bunch of Gentiles. Well, we know the story. Peter goes to Cornelius' house. And he's preaching. And he's telling them about the Holy Spirit. He's telling them about Jesus and the, the crucifixion and the resurrection. He's preaching. And while he's preaching, tell somebody next to you, say, while he's preaching. It wasn't at an altar time. It wasn't at some designated point in the service where everything got in order and nice and neat in place and, and the catchers lined up and the people lined up and the cover modesty cloth people lined up and everything was nice and neat and in order. While he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard. And they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. Now, this caused a problem. <laughs> it still causes problems today, just so you know. It, caused, it causes big problems for people who want things to be in order. It caused, it caused a problem because they want it to be their order and not God's. John, let me pause. Jonathan Edwards said it would, it, it, to, to get mad, I'm going to paraphrase, but to get mad at these people, would be like going out onto a field and praying for rain and getting mad when the downpour came. 
God, send your spirit. We want you. You know, we sing our songs. We want you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. But we don't want you to show up. We want the umbrella and the rain suit when you come. And people got bothered by what was happening. They had never seen the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the Gentiles. And Peter has to stand before the Jerusalem council and share with them what's going on. He shares with them in Jerusalem what's happening. In Acts chapter 11 it says, he's, he's sharing his testimony of what happened. And he says, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Remember, remember the day of Pentecost? Remember, remember that day in Acts chapter 2? No, just joking. They didn't have Acts chapter 2 at that point. <laughs> Luke hadn't finished writing. Remember that day? It's the same thing. Then I remember the word of the Lord and how he said, John, now, now Peter, disciple of Jesus, stand, he's the one who stood up on the day of Pentecost. And he reflects back on what John the Baptist, remember at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He reflects back at the beginning of Jesus' ministry where John the Baptist says, John indeed baptized, where Jesus said about John the Baptist, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent and glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. How did they know? Because there was quite the party going on. They were glorifying God. There the Holy Spirit showed up in an unprecedented way. We're living in unprecedented times that require an unprecedented outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We are living in days, my friend. This is not time for us to get quiet, to be silent, and to idly sit by. I'm not telling you that we need to go out and protest and walk the streets and, and join the chaos. But what I am saying is that we ought to shift the chaos. We ought to shift the culture and ought to be a light in the middle of it. We ought to have some Holy Ghost power and boldness on the inside of us that says when all the mess starts happening, I, I don't, I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to lay hands on the sick, see them recover. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm not stopping. I'm not backing down. This is not time to get quiet. Whether you're joining us in the building or you're online, this is not time for us as the church to settle back and to allow the culture and, and society to dictate how we are to operate and to function. I believe in good common sense and I believe in wisdom and we have done our best to follow all of the counsel we've been given. But now is the time for the church to loudly and boldly proclaim the power of Pentecost, the resurrection power of God that redeems and baptizes people in the Holy Spirit. It is our message. It is our message that Jesus is the Savior of the world and He is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. It is the message. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law that I might receive the blessing of Abraham, the promise of the Spirit. I got time. I'm going to keep going. I mean, what are you going to do anyway? You can't go eat. I mean, really. Galatians chapter 3. I'm sorry. Genesis chapter 12. I want to go there. In Genesis chapter 12, we find the blessing of Abraham. When we talk about the blessing, what are we talking about? The promise of the Spirit is the fulfillment of the blessing of Abraham. What does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. In Genesis chapter 12, we find the blessing of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, in verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram, 
Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Now, I want to pause just for a moment and recognize something. Everything that God told Abraham to give up in the next verses, he repays. I want you to notice everything, and we're going we're gonna to go through this. He says, get out of your country. I want you to get out of what your house, your home, your family, your, nor, your, your boundaries. He says, from your family, your identity, how you identify yourself and your heritage, your lineage, you're leaving it. And from your father's house, you know, this was, this was indi indicative of their socioeconomic status. How, how, what was their status? What was their wealth? What was their inheritance? To a land that I will show you. You don't know where you're going. I'm going to lead you. You don't, you don't know what's coming your way. And you're going to have to deal with enemies along the way. Now, that's what he told him to leave. Listen to what he told him he was giving. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. I want to I just walk through this. I want you, see, when we, when we talk about Pentecost, when we talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the Holy Spirit's ministry, we're talking about more than just praying in tongues. Oh, praying in tongues is powerful, and you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit and, 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 the, and the power of your heavenly language. You need that. We need that. We need that. Amen. Somebody give me a shout this morning. You need the power of your heavenly language and being tuned in to the, to the Father and praying and singing in the Holy Ghost. You need that. We all need that. But there's, there's more. That's, you know, last, the past few weeks, if you've been watching online, we've talked about the benefits of praying in the Spirit. I'm just going to keep giving you some more benefits today. I'm going to give you some more, more benefits, the blessing of the fullness of the Spirit. When you're walking in the Spirit, God says, I will make you a great nation. What does that mean? That means it addresses, can I just pause for a moment and just say it addresses every ounce of racism and racial bias that we're seeing and experiencing right now. It addresses it. Let me, let me give you the scripture. It says 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God says, I'm going to make you a great nation. He didn't say, I'm going to make you a nation based on your color or creed. He says, I, I'm going to make you a great nation. He takes us as diverse as we are and makes us as one body, as one people. He gives us a new heritage. He gives us a new lineage. He gives us a new identity. He calls you and I out. When I've been redeemed from the curse of the law, I've been made into a great nation. I've received the promise of the Father. I've received the promise of the Spirit. And there's a blessing in that. He's going to make me a great nation. He says, I'm going to make you a holy nation. My own people. You know, you, you might have ancestral DNA that doesn't look so good. You know what I mean? There might be some things in that family tree you wish that tree would have burned down or been struck by lightning a long time ago. And God says, I'm going to make you a holy nation. I'm going to take the, the old heritage and the old way and I'm giving you a new heritage and a new lineage. He's called you a chosen generation. <laughs> when nobody else wanted you and you stunk, and you stunk in the mess of your mess, he chose you. When you thought you were all that in a bag of chips, <laughs> he chose you. He gave you a new identity. He's called you a royal priesthood. He gave you a new calling. 
Your life was ensnared to sin, and now you've been made royal priesthood, holy unto the Lord, to proclaim his praises. Why were you born? To proclaim his praises. Why do you exist? To proclaim his praises. He says, I will make you a great nation. It's awesome. The second thing he told Abraham is, I will bless you. <laughs> you, you blessed. Tell somebody next to you, say, you're blessed. You, you have the blessing of the Lord on your life. Everywhere you go, the blessing of the Lord is on your life. When you walk into the grocery store, the blessing of the Lord is on your life. When you walk into work, the blessing of the Lord is on your life. They are blessed because you are there. Everything you do has the blessing of the Lord. Now, you can cooperate with that blessing. You can walk according to the Spirit and walk in the blessing of the Lord. In Genesis 22, it says, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants and the stars of the heaven as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And your seed, all the nations of the earth, shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. That was, that was part of the blessing on Abraham's life. Some of you need to declare, put that verse back up for me. Some of you need to declare this over your home. Over your kids, my descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies, and in my seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. You need to declare that. All of my children and their children are blessed. They are going to possess the gate of their enemies. They are victorious and prosperous in all that they set their hand to, and in them the whole nations of the earth, all the earth will be blessed. That's the promise of the Lord for your life. Ephesians says, now to him who is able. I, I, I'll give it how Paul says it. It's now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything we could ask, think, or imagine. You are blessed. <laughs> when, when, when redemption was written on your soul, you stepped into the blessing of Abraham. And the Holy Ghost has come to say, guess what, honey? You're going to walk in this thing. You're going to walk this thing out. I've come to see the fulfillment of the promise of the Father in your life. Did you hear me? The Holy Spirit has showed up in your life, not just to be P.S., the other person of the Trinity that we occasionally talk about. He's come to see that the promise of the Father, every ounce, every dot on the I, every crossing of the T, the contract of heaven for your life is fulfilled. The promise of God in your life. <laughs> you, you know, it changes how you live. Heather, we, Heather's had this saying lately, and I really haven't paid much attention to it because because she's talking about me, so it's not that I'm ignoring her, it's because she's talking about me. And she, and she has said it a few times where she's like, yep, that's my husband, man of faith, where we'll say we're going to do X, Y, Z. And we just, we do. <laughs> and we just do. And it's not because my, my other title is boss. It, it doesn't, that's not, that's not why. It's there because there are, thing, there are things that we've done that could not have been done in the natural when I said we were going to do it. I, can I remind you just a, just a few weeks ago, not that long ago, I know it seems like an eternity ago now, but, but just a few weeks ago, I said we were going to raise $30,000 in one service, and we raised over $60,000 in one service. Now, why do I reference that? Because, because there's, there is, when you step in, when you're walking this life, there is a measure of faith that you begin to walk in. You begin to perceive the blessing of the Lord. You tune, you just tune out all the other mess. You just tune out. I don't have time for all that other stuff. 
I don't have time. Listen, we're, we're in the middle of a project right now. Or two projects right now. Two, two things that we said when we moved here six years ago we were going to do. One of them we started. And we said we were going to expand. We just didn't know what expansion meant, but we were going to expand it. And then when we dealt with the Ohio state laws, we actually had to change what we were doing. Because Ohio is a lot more strict than Louisiana. And so we said, well, what are we going to do? Go figure, Ohio's strict in their laws, I know, right? Go figure. So we, we, one thing that we said we were going to do is start a learning community. And out of the, there, there was no planning. There was, no, there was nothing that we sat down in some brainstorming meeting and said, okay, strategy number two. We said, how do we execute strategy number two? No, the spirit of the Lord moved in a moment on mine, Pastor Grace's, Pastor Heather, our hearts, and, and in unison, we said, now's the time to launch the Celebration Learning Community. And guess what? It's launched yeah. and taking registrations. Now, we had strategy and all that after the fact. Don't get me wrong. We, we've planned and do all that after the fact. But it was a moment. Faith. The Spirit of God spoke. Faith arose. And number two, we, we've been, many of you have been a part of Bethesda. We're in the process now of, of developing Bethesda. This, isn't, this is brand new news. I can't wait to tell you it. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you right now. I'm going to leave you in suspense. We're <laughs> but but I got to tell you what we're getting ready to do in Bethesda. Those of you that have taken Bethesda classes or have been interested in it, we're getting ready to do something with Bethesda that that is going to blow your mind. And you, let me just tell you, you're you're going to have the opportunity this coming semester to sit under Pastor Frank in Paris and possibly pa Pastor Anna Donahue's teaching in Bethesda. This, and there's more, but I won't tell you all the details. There's a lot happening. Good stuff happening. And, and so why do I bring that up? Because when you recognize the blessing of the Lord, you're not stuck in the woe is me, poverty, I don't have, I can't have, I won't work, it won't work, it won't do. No, when you walk into the room and the Spirit of God is operating in your life, you hear his voice, you hear the word of the Lord, and when he says go, you move. It's not about wishful thinking or, oh, I wish I had a new car, I wish I had a... No, you're walking with the Spirit. When He says, you got a new car on its way, honey, that new car is coming to your garage. It's just how it is. It's not going around saying, well, I wish I had, I wish I had, or I think I can, I think I can. You're not the little engine that could. You will. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. My God, the blessing of Abraham is on your life. I think somebody's getting it this morning. He says, I will make your name great. <laughs> you know, he takes our reputation, messed up as it is. Isaiah 56 says, even to them, this is a prophecy, and Isaiah 56 is a prophecy about the Gentiles. He says, even to them, I will give in my house, within my walls, a place and a name better than the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that they will not be cut off. God says, I will, in my house, I, what is the name? Credibility. What is the name? Reputation. Your inheritance. Your home. Who you are. I will give you my name, an eternal name, in my house that won't be cut off. God's given you his name. His name is written. I want you to think about that. <laughs> you know, when you go to sign a check, you sign your name. And when that, that check arrives at the bank, they know that you've authorized the payment of those funds to the person that you've designated on that check. Come on, somebody. Just go there with me. Just keep on walking the path. I don't have to tell you every step of the way. Just, just come on with me. 
Jesus has written his name on your life. You have an eternal name. That means that there's an authority that's on your life. Not based on your name. Not based on your good works. Not based on who you used to be. You bear the name of Jesus on your life. There's an authority on your life, operating in your life, based on the name of Jesus. The Bible says what? That at that, at that name, every knee must bow and tongue confess that Jesus is the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if that name, if you bear that name, what's possible? What's possible if the blessing of the Lord is on your life and you have the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is functioning in your life. You have the Spirit of God functioning. You're walking in the Spirit. What is possible in your life? (laughs) Woo! All things are possible to them that believe. Why did Jesus? He knew it was rigged. It was set up from the beginning. It was the plan of the Father that all things are possible to him that believes. The blessing of the Lord is on your life. He says, you shall be a blessing. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Why? So that you can be a blessing. Read it in 2 Corinthians 9. He says, I will bless those who bless you. Isaiah 60 talks about the glory of the Lord that is risen upon you. That the kings and the kingdoms and the nations of the earth are coming to the brightness of its rising on you. And the blessing of the Lord on your life is dry. Don't be surprised when people just walk up to you and say, you're glowing. There's something different about you. I know I glow. I know I radiate. And it's not just these beautiful eyes. (laughs) There's something different about me. There's a a fire on the inside of me. And there's a glory that's resident upon me. Thank you, Jesus. That's not arrogant. It's recognition. It's recognition that I... I am a mess without him. But he has put something in me and upon me. He's walking with me. There's a blessing on my... I have the coat of my father's blessing on my life. In you. I didn't, I didn't mean to skip number, the, number six. I will curse those who curse you. God's got your back. The Lord is my rock and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? God has got you. Let him talk about you. You know, can I just give you a word of wisdom? Stop chasing down every negative thing somebody says about you. It doesn't mean that you don't need to face it at the, the appropriate time. But it also doesn't mean that you need to go chase it down and post all over Facebook about it either. Hallelujah. (laughs) God does not need Facebook to handle his revenge. (laughs) And he certainly doesn't need you. You know, if you're walking in the spirit, you know, I've seen this time and time again. God will make your enemies. That's what the Bible says. God will make your enemies at peace with you. I have watched time and time again people that just didn't like me, like my message, like who I was, like what I did. Shocking, I know. But just did not like the power of Pentecost or whatever it is or just rub them the wrong way because I show up in the room. Whatever the, whatever the case is, I've watched as God makes them at peace and the very people that wanted to speak negatively had to speak positively. Let's just say that. God, turn it around. The people that, that, and I've watched, turn in church and out of church. God will make your enemies. Zechariah says, God says, I will be a wall of fire in her midst. God says, I will be a wall of fire in your midst. Live in the fire. The fire is a safe place. And then the other blessing, it says, 
In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. In you, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost. And he said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord. You have a promise on the inside of you that in you all nations of the earth will be blessed. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.